right, all right. Day 246. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so we are we have finally come to the moment uh many of us and many of the people in uh the the narrative of Matthew have been waiting for, and this is the triumphal entry. This is Jesus's entry into Jerusalem, the last week of his life where he is preparing to atone for the sins of the world, to conquer sin at the grave and or conquer sin at the cross and rise from the grave and so jesus enters jerusalem finally after predicting his death so much he enters jerusalem and this is important i think we miss the significance of jerusalem in first century uh israel now um jerusalem is central to god's plan in the redemptive story right this is where the temple is this is the center of their religious life and where the messiah was expected to come and enter into to prepare and inaugurate his reign and rule on earth and so the promises of god are being fulfilled before their eyes this is why the scriptures are quoted right two times they quote uh zechariah right and then they quote psalm 118 right and he enters <clears throat> Listen, this king, Jesus is king. He is Messiah. He's entering on a donkey, a coat. Why? Because he is showing the type of king he is. All throughout this gospel, we've been seeing the type of kingdom he's bringing and the type of king who brings this kingdom. And he is a royal heir from the from the line of David, right? And the, the irony here is that many, not all Jews, but many of the Jews... <clears throat> expected at this time for the messiah to enter jerusalem and bring this type of nationalistic attack and liberation for from rome as he enters the city and you know what he does when he enters the city he doesn't bring judgment on rome in this text he brings judgment on israel right so he enters the city and the first thing he does is he cleanses the temple Right. He he comes and says no, no you guys are guilty of a type of corrupted religion and in this time and in this day they were uh charging the poor extremely high rates for turtle doves to make sacrifices right and in other words it's trying to show us that jesus in his last week of his life cared and was thinking uh, about the corruption of god's people and the exploitation of the poor right so you see this messiah who uh has his eye towards the lowly right and i think this is such such a model for us um we're not all called to charge into temples <laughs> and flip over tables but we're all called to care for those who on the margins of society right just like the lord jesus does here and shortly after he curses a fig tree right and this miracle again symbolizes the moral barrenness of israel and that they haven't fulfilled their purposes in bearing fruit just like in in the old testament just like now in the old testament fam faithfulness was uh understood by fruitfulness right and jesus is saying like no no y'all are fruitful y'all y'all are under judgment because the king has come looking for fruit and you have none right it's naked out here the trees is naked out here fam like <laughs> ain't no fruit on them drums and then on top of that fam y'all are rejecting y'all messiah right so so the narrative is slowly showing us how israel is going to reject their messiah all right and when i say israel i mean the religious leaders the the religious establishment in jerusalem in this day now, obviously not all of israel rejected the messiah because the disciples are all israelites 
finally, 21, he, he, he gives the parable of the vineyard owner and, and, and he shows, uh, that the rejection of God's service ain't something new, right? Like cats been on this, right? <laughs> the prophets and ultimately, uh, the prophets came over and over and over. God sent his prophets and he spoke his word to his people, but guess what? His people didn't hear him, right? And his people ain't hearing him now. And so Jesus here is foretelling his own death, but also pointing out the symptoms of a much greater disease. This is hard hardness among God's people. And I want to say this, listen, the reason we're not hearing from God, the reason you aren't hearing from God, the reason we say God isn't speaking is because we aren't listening. It's not because he really isn't speaking. God has spoken, right? But the problem is, is that we don't listen, <laughs> right? And you see here that Jesus is saying the same thing is true of his people. We have to attune our ears to what the Lord is saying and ask him for his mercy to hear what he's saying to us. 22 comes and we have the parable of a wedding banquet. So Jesus will come and say, yo, uh, verse 2, 22, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. Uh, the wedding banquet parable is uh, is key because because uh, many believe uh, uh, in this time that Israel Israel believed that the Messiah would come and that there would be a wedding banquet at the inauguration of his rule. <laughs> so Jesus is like playing on all of these expectations that many people had. And so Jesus uh, comes and he gives this parable. And he would say that, again, those who were invited turned down the invitation. Right. People who had uh, people who had a uh, personal invite sent out to him turn down the invitation and i notice what he says i just noticed this today chief uh no notice what he says he says the invitation was sent out right but he says but they paid no attention and went away listen one to his own farm another to his business <laughs> while the rest seized his servants mistreated them and killed them now so some people who outwardly rejected the messiah and persecuted and blasphemed him but there are some people who were just apathetic towards him Right. I love that. Jesus says, no, no, no. Some people just had more co other concerns, chief. No, no. People just want to their farm and their business. This is in a text. This ain't me. This ain't nobody else. Jesus is like, no, no, no. People just had other concerns. Right. And the kingdom is coming. Oh, this is such a word for us because we live in a day where so much is happening. So many opportunities and praise God for them. But what Christ is saying is that that can hinder you if you're not careful and your primary concern and your priorities are or oriented towards the kingdom. Whatever you got going on, whatever it is, as good as as, as much as a gift it may be from God, if you let it, if you put it in the primary place of your life, it can keep you from God. Right. And Jesus is so good, man. He's so he's so good. Bro, I get so T. I get so hype. Um, he's so good. And so he's throwing hints. And he's like, yo, cast rejected me. <clears throat> he's giving a parable. And he says, no, 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 check this. Go then to where the roads exit <laughs> the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. In other words, he says, extend the gospel kingdom call to all. Israel don't want it. We're going to go to the Gentiles. Right. And you'll see this in the movement, especially in the book of Acts. It's going to be O.D. clear. Right. He says, no, no, go send it. to Go send it to everybody. Go send it to the to the Jews in the diaspora. Go send it to the to the to the other Gentiles who don't even know know me. Right. And. He says, no, the, the, the gospel call goes out to all. Then he says this. Um, he finishes off and shows. You know, many people will be invited, but there will also be false people that try to smuggle in. So Jesus is just just giving so much, throwing, kicking so much knowledge here. He says, uh, many people who who will seem to be invited or who will seem to be in, right, who will seem to be in the banquet, actually are out, 
right? And uh, many have interpreted this as talking about the Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, the outward appearance alone, right? Would, would have them seem as if they're fit to be at the wedding banquet of the lamb, uh, to be into the kingdom. But the irony is that at least in this text, many of them won't. And he says at the end, he says, for many are invited, but few are chosen. Listen, the task for us is to extend and preach the gospel of the kingdom to everyone in the world. But only those who take hold of the son by faith are those that are chosen to enter. Right. Um, it's so good. So good. 23 comes. Can't hit everything. 23 comes. 23 uh, is the climax of this particular section, meaning uh, uh, the section has been building up, talking about the 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 rejection of the Messiah, this this constant uh, um, uh, uh, butting heads of the religious leaders in Jesus. And, and in chapter 23, we have the final teaching block. Right. That we've talked about. Remember, these five big discourses uh, characterize the book of Matthew, paralleling, paralleling the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And so it begins in 23 and ends in 25. And in plain language, Christ will tell the crowd and the disciples seven woe oracles. There's that number seven again. Seven woe oracles against the supposed leaders of Israel. And the word woe is taken from the prophets. Remember, Jesus is a prophet. He is a prophet. He's the high priest. Uh, Hebrews read the book of Hebrews. But he is also king. Right. And so here in his prophetic function, he is speaking of the judgment that is against these leaders. And what Jesus is going to speak on is their unbelief and their hypocrisy, right? Their unbelief and their hypocrisy. I remember one pastor, he said, uh, you know, all throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus is often patient with sinners, but hard on hypocrites, right? One of the things that Christ like pleads with, with us to have is honesty. Like, no, no. Honesty, if you're struggling, fam, if you're not killing it, if you're not believing, if you're not, if you, if you're, if you're saying one thing and not really doing it, like, like there has to be honesty with Jesus. That's all he wants. But hypocrisy is something he despises, right? Listen, those that work hard to appear and seem pious and religious, right? But at the same time, don't do the very things they require of all others to do. Right. And have a heart posture that is cold toward others and inwardly decaying. These are the people Jesus has harsh words for. Right. These are the people who misunderstand the call of what it means to be in God's kingdom and follow God's Messiah. Right. People who are just playing the part, but not representing what God requires of his people. And so Christ is going to go in, fam. Right. Um, he's going to go in. And <clears throat> I love it because. Uh, he continues in 24 and he continues to talk. And in 24, he talks about signs of the end of the age. And chapter 24 is a, a very um, a good passage, but it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's giving interpreters the blues. But one of the, but we could say a few things. Jesus began talking about the destruction of the temple. Now, Jesus gives this uh, teaching block before 70 AD. The temple is destroyed in 70 AD, right? And so the disciples ask him, and this is what he tells them, right? The end of the age will be characterized by false messiahs, right? So there will be people who rise up and lead God's people astray by saying they're really the one and it's not me, right? He Then he says there will be persecution of those who remain faithful. Then he says there will be deception. Many people who you who you thought were, were, were walking hard with the Christ will be deceived away from him, right? And he says there will be an increase of lawlessness, right? People will just start sinning. People will just be wild and forget all about the scriptures. And then he says a decrease in love. And now many have said that 
again, this this is not just uh, uh, kind of compressed into a few years, right? Like many people believe that uh, this is uh, kind of characteristic of the age in general, right? And, and and some say it'll be uh, to a greater degree, like right before Christ comes back. Uh, honestly, we don't know, right? <laughs> uh, but 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 again. Um, these things are going to happen because Christ's word cannot fail. Um, obviously, Jesus dies, and, and, and that obviously is a persecution of right God's uh, uh, firstborn son, all that kind of stuff. And so there's many ways to look at it. But I think the things that we can have confidence in are this. Listen, Jesus is coming back. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. 29 verses 29 and 31. Uh, the second thing, he will gather his elect. He will gather those that are his. Verse 31. Three. Nobody ultimately knows the precise timing of all those events, <laughs> right? Especially when Christ will come back, right? The the thing that we need to stop being concerned about, the you know, and maybe, maybe it's not as prevalent now, but in a in a in a certain uh place and season it was where people had the charts out. He gonna come back on this day, this day, whole nine. It's not when that should be important to us. It's who, right? It's not when. It's who, right? Um, and and then four, the wicked and the hypocrites will be judged finally and forever. Listen. The beautiful thing about the gospel is that um, Israel believed that the Messiah would come to bring salvation, that he would come, he, that God himself would come in, in, to Jerusalem, and he did, right? But that he also would judge the wicked, right? And so we live um, here with the same expectation that God is going to come back and that the wicked will be judged forever. And the beautiful thing about the gospel is that we tend to forget, yes, Christ came, brought his kingdom, died for sin, whole nine yards. But listen, Christ is coming back, fam. He's coming back. And that's the eager expectation and hope we have to have. We have to remember that we serve a king who did not just leave us here, who wants us here to be agents of, of, of justice and righteousness. Yes, but also he's coming back to liberate us in the entire creation from the bondage to sin. Right. This is the reason we praise him and we pray to him that, Lord, your kingdom come on heaven as it is in earth. Let's pray. God, we ask uh, that your kingdom will come, Lord. We thank you that the good news of the kingdom, as you say in verse 14, will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all the nations. And the end will come, Lord. We ask right now that um, the kingdom will come, Lord. And we pray that you would keep us in the kingdom, Father. We pray that we would tur wouldn't turn from you, Father. We pray that we wouldn't be deceived by false ideologies and myths, Father. Uh, we pray that we would stay faithful to the end because those who endure to the end will be saved. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name, we pray.